Shall we bow our heads just a moment? The kind Heavenly Father, we are so happy tonight because that we have this fellowship together, and Thou hast gathered us together. This wonderful singing, it's just thrilled our hearts, the mighty conqueror. We're so happy to know that he is here tonight to rent every veil that stands between us and he. God, I pray that you'll take every veil of darkness away from the eyes of the people tonight. And may it be rent in twain that they may see the Lord Jesus and his power. May the sinner come and fall and repent of his sins. May the backslider wind his way back home tonight. May the veil open for him also. And for the poor, sick, and needy, may the veil be rent also for them. And may this be the night of great joy, because we ask this for God's glory, in the name of his only begotten and beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's indeed been a privilege to me tonight. I've come early to listen to this wonderful singing. Usually I don't do this. And, um, and enjoyed the ministry of my brother Bosworth, his preaching, his teaching. Uh, he's, he was teaching this gospel when I was a, probably before I was born. And it does me good to hear him how he can still tie Satan up in the scriptures. and I heard him in discussions, debates, and I tell you, he preaches the word in such a way the Satan just can't stand around where he's at when it comes to the word. He certainly is not as loud maybe as some, but he certainly knows what he's talking about. And I have known Brother Bosworth for several years now, and I know that his life no wonder God hears his prayer. He lives what he talks about. You know, a living sermon is better than one being preached. Live me a sermon is lots better. Now, tonight um, we have some handkerchiefs here that what some of the brethren come back and ask me that I'd missed them for a few nights. I wish to pray for them at this time, pray over them. Some people might think that this was just a superstition, but it isn't. It's a... It's a scripture. In Acts, the 19th chapter, the sick and afflicted got the many to visit. Uh, St. Paul could not make the visit, so he just taken handkerchiefs or aprons off of his body. Now, there's many people who anoint those handkerchiefs and send them out. Well, that's just all right. Anything that our Lord will bless, I'm certainly for it. And, but in the scripture, I believe that you find that he just taken from the body of Paul. He didn't anoint them. They're just taken from his body. How many would like to know where, to my opinion, Paul got that idea? Would you like to know? Do you remember when the Shunammite woman, when her child had died, and she went to see the prophet Elijah, and Elijah said, take this staff and lay it on the child? Elijah knew that whatever he touched while the blessing of God was on him, that it was blessed. But now to get the woman to believe that, that was another thing. But he taken the staff, the servant, did and laid on the baby. But the woman's face, faith wasn't in the staff, it was in the prophet. And she wouldn't leave him until he went and laid his body on the dead child and it come to life again. Now tonight, 
many years has passed since St. Paul's ministry of handkerchiefs and aprons, but it's still in existence because the Lord Jesus who blessed it then is still the same Lord Jesus tonight. And I send out thousands of those every month all over the world. Recently, I would just happen to think of this as it comes to my mind. I sent one to Germany to a woman who had been, I believe, some 15, 18 years in a wheelchair with arthritis. And they read her instructions on what to do. And she did as the instructions said, and she pinned it on her underneath garment. And she said, now, devil, get out of here. She just got up out of the chair and went walking across the floor. That was all of it. So that was the, just what it takes. That kind of a faith will do it. Now, devil, you get out of here. So just that simple little faith is what many theologians doesn't have. Man who knows scholarships has been given to them from the scriptures, and yet with not that much faith as that poor little simple housewife had. That's what it takes to stop God. Oh, many couldn't stop him in the day, but blind Bartimus at the gate, blind beggar, poor, sitting at the gate side, his faith stopped the Lord Jesus right on his march to Calvary and got what he asked for. Now tonight I wish to pray for these handkerchiefs that they'll be blessed of God, not because I would lay my hands on them, but that because the Lord Jesus has given the commission, and that's why we pray. And to all you here, these goes to some old mother and dad somewhere and some little sick child. What if it was yours? Now let's be sincere and all of us bow our heads and sincerely, silently, I want you to pray with me. Our kind Heavenly Father, as our hearts goes out for the needy, thinking many of these handkerchiefs here perhaps represent maybe an old blind daddy somewhere tonight. There may be one here for a mother just at the point of death. Or maybe some little sick baby. Some in a hospital. We don't know where they go, Father, but Thou does know. And seeing the people's faith. Now we're taught in the Bible that they brought to St. Paul handkerchiefs or aprons, and he had taken them from his body, and evil spirits went out of the people, and sickness departed from them. And now we realize that we're not St. Paul, but Thou art still Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for this generation of people who has faith in the same God Hallelujah. that Paul preached. God grant that they'll be healed. And Lord, as these little tokens are laid up on the sick, we're taught that one time God had promised the children of Israel to go to the Promised Land. And on the road, the Red Sea got in the way. But we're told by a writer that God looked down through that pillar of fire, and the Red Sea got scared and moved back. And Israel passed over towards the promised land. And may it be so tonight when these tokens of faith is laid upon the sick. May every sick person, every demon that's possessing them, may God look down through the pillar of fire oh. again with angered eyes. Yes. And may Satan move back. And may they pass to the land of promise of good health. Father, that's our prayer we send to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now, the Lord bless each tonight. I'm not going to speak. My time's already up. I'm going to read a scripture, give a little testimony, and go right to the prayer line. This Brother Bosworth did the preaching for me, and I'm thankful. 
in the 27th chapter of the Acts, it reads like this. But after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to gain this great loss. But now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. I think of that, that early church, of the power that they had, fourteen days and nights with no no consolation, no word, and all hopes that they'd ever be saved was gone, even to Paul, perhaps down in the gallery praying, and come running forth on the deck and said, Sirs, be of a good cheer, for there stood by me tonight the angel of God, and said, Don't fear, Paul, you're to be brought before Caesar. He said, There'll be no loss of any man's life. He saw a vision of the ship being wrecked on a shore, and he said, Wherefore, sirs? Be of a good cheer, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was shown unto me. And now, Christian friends, for this word, thank the same God, the same angel, the same Holy Spirit is right in this building tonight and does the same thing night after night. The evidence of the resurrected Lord Jesus taking the ministry to all parts of the world. Just a short testimony, and that is concerning my dear brother Bosworth, who's just fixing to go to Japan. I admire his courage. When I look at him, he's something in my heart quivers. I love him like he was my own daddy. I was talking to Brother Julius Statscliffe, the chaplain sitting by us. We were all overseas together. Brother Julius Statscliffe is the author of that book, A Prophet Visits Africa. And how that our love was even extended to Brother Bosworth more and more as we are associated with him more. And I remember some time ago, he and Brother Julius sailed away to Africa for some services. His heart went to the colored people of Africa when he seen their conditions and so forth. He, he heart longed to go to them. So he returned. And he was over on the West Coast, and he was making kind of a preparation for my coming over there. I had no idea that he had went to the, over to the East Coast of Durban, where that was my center hope, where the Brother Bosworth, Brother Statscliffe was standing present that day when 30,000 souls were won to Jesus Christ at one time. That's ten times bigger than the day of Pentecost. That's right. Hey, Think of it. Jesus said, the things that I do shall you also even greater. That's right. That's the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could do or think. I remember the expression on Brother Bosworth's face that day when at the altar call and so many had accepted Christ, taking his glasses from his face and wiping the tears from his eyes. I remember the, the effects that it had on us all. You don't know what a feeling it was for 30,000 souls to come to Jesus Christ at one time. It's breathtaking. 
Never nothing like it in the world's history at any time or any place. 30,000 souls. I say this with love and with respect and with faith. I believe the trip to India will double that. Just now coming out. I'm going out by a vision. And after Brother Boswell's returning, one night in my home I was, our love is so close together. And in my home I was, been ministering to the people and I told my wife, just tell the rest of them, it was on a Saturday night. I said, tell them to just go to the church for Sunday morning. Honey, I said, I'm so tired. She's sitting there in a balcony somewhere now listening. And I said, I'm so tired I can hardly stand up. I said, would you just tell them to come Sunday morning? I said, I'm getting plumb nervous. It's just so many coming and going. And um, so after we finished up, it was about 8 o'clock. That was all. So we got in the car and took the two little children and went riding. I was going way down below New Albany, riding along. And all at once while I was riding along, the windshield looked like there was a fog came through the windshield. When I see this daylight at a distance, it looks like kind of a pillar of of fog or something, and it struck, and I drove quite a little bit, unconscious. And after a while she kept talking to me, she wondered why I didn't answer. And when I come to myself, I'd come around some real close cliffs like that, perfectly unconscious in the vision. And then when I stopped, I said, sweetheart, something's happened to Brother Bosworth. I said, I seen him get off of a train and look up towards like that and just lay down. And they put him on a stretcher and it's taken him to a hospital or something. He's in serious condition. The Holy Spirit wants me to stop and pray for him right now. And I stopped praying. Twenty-four hours later, I was in my home and the phone rang and my wife answering on the phone. She said that the long... Uh, uh, Telegram wanted me to answer in Louisville, and I got a hold of the phone, and it said, Please pray for Brother Bosworth, stricken down, serious condition, South Africa, Durban. He'd already run over to Durban. And I said, Lady, do, can you tell me when that telegram was left Durban? She said, Yes, sir. And she chased it back and told me when it was. Now, I had a little chart there from the Pan American Airlines, and the love of it was that he wanted me to pray for him, Brother Bosworth, loving me and believing me, wanted me to have prayer for him, and he sent the telegram the fastest way we had of getting here, but the angel of the Lord beat the telegram 24 hours yeah. getting there. <laughs> he had beat the telegram 24 hours. I called his dear wife. I don't I haven't talked to him enough to know if she's here. And um, I suppose she is. And well, she was frantic, of course, to hear. But the, the doctor said that it was a, a very good on that trouble that he had had. Satan had struck him with a prostrate trouble and said it was such a serious case he'd die if he didn't be operated on. But the Lord Jesus Christ healed him without any operation. And there he sits normal. Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer. I believe God. What God says, God will do. That's right. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that, that Thou cannot die. You are God. Angels do not die. 
They, and thou has been our habitation through all generations. And we love you. And we know that tonight that we are the children of God by promise. We are Abraham's seed through Jesus Christ. And thou has ordained us before the foundation of the world to appear before you holy and without blame, without a blemish in Jesus Christ. And we're so thankful that thou was mindful of us when we were yet sinners to call us to this great joy that we now fellowship around. And I pray that you'll send the Holy Spirit, the immortal angels, from the celestial realms of glory, and may they take their positions tonight at every row in this building, in the balcony, on the floor, on the platform. May they speak to the people's hearts as messenger, ministering spirits sent from the presence of God. May the Holy Spirit come and anoint your servant, and may the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ be manifested tonight. May the angel that spoke to Paul that night in a time of trouble. May he speak to every heart here tonight that's in trouble. Grant it, Father. Show us signs and wonders of thy soon coming that the people might prepare their hearts for the great judgment Lord. that's facing them. We ask this for God's glory in the name of his beloved Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight, I have felt um, tonight like that we would have a wonderful night in the services. I pray that it will be. Uh, I see our sister, Brother Woods, and them here, and Brother Beeler, those sang, singing that you will please, if you will. I can't find you in the daytime, so I'd like some recordings of them singing and so forth, if you would. Or, We'll double them off the recorders down here. And, and um, now, is Billy here? I, I forgot. What, what is the prayer card you give us? Esther? Well, usually we call up about 15 of them and bring them to the platform, pray for them. We start somewhere along, get somewhere, about 100 cards out there in the letter of S. Now in the balcony, and maybe perhaps many strangers here tonight, we want you to know, friends, that we're only trying to serve the Lord Jesus and trying to help someone. And the peculiar ministry, I don't know that the Lord will visit us tonight. I believe that he would. But I have, how many here have seen the Lord work in this manner before? Let's see your hands all everywhere. Well, that's fine. You understand that? Yeah, the Lord Jesus, he said he'd done nothing except the Father showed him. He's seen visions of whatever the Lord wanted him to do. He saw Philip and told him where he'd come from, what he'd been doing. And he talked to the woman at the well a while, and he told her where her trouble was. And he said, now the things that I do, will you also. I want to ask the audience to six suffers everywhere. If Jesus was standing here tonight with this suit that he gave me, Wearing this, 
when he stayed here, you know? No, sir, he could not. Jesus could not save you tonight. He has already done that. You, you were saved when Jesus died at Calvary. The sin problem was settled then. It'll never do you any good until you accept it. We can accept it tonight, but you were saved when Jesus died for you. And was he wounded for our transgression? With his stripes we were healed? Well, he couldn't heal you tonight, could he? He's already healed you. You have to accept it tonight. See, when anyone says, I have power to heal you, that's wrong. See, they have power to point you to the healer, to point you to where the finished work has been done for you. But they can't heal you. No one can. I couldn't. No other man could. It's just them things that we can't do. May the Lord bless well, now, if he was here, and he would, he would stop, maybe there'd be something in your life that, or he'd do something that would try to bring faith up that, so that you could be healed. Don't you believe that? Now, what, what is gifts and calling? They are without repentance. Is that right? Does the scripture teach that gifts and callings are without repentance? That's right. You can't make yourself something you're not. I wanted to be six foot tall and weigh 190 pounds, or uh, it didn't do me any good. He said, who taking thought can add one cubic to his statue? You are what you are by the grace of God. You can't add nothing. You can't take nothing. If God wanted you to be a minister, he ordained you to be a minister before the world ever began. Do you believe that? Very much. That's what the Bible teaches. When Jesus Christ, he was a... He was the Son of God all the way from the Garden of Eden, the woman's seed. Is that right? Sure. Moses, when he was born, he couldn't help cause it. He never made himself Moses. When he was born, he was a proper child. God had raised him up. And John the Baptist, 712 years before he was born, the prophet Isaiah saw him and said, "Is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He had nothing to do about being the forerunner of Christ. God chose him before the foundation of the world to be the forerunner of Christ. I believe it was Jeremiah said, God told Jeremiah, said, before you was even formed in your mother's womb, right. I knew you and sanctified right. you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Right. Is that right? right? Before he was ever formed in his mother's womb. See? Who taking thought can add cupid to his statue? Now, to see vision. To see vision is something that has to come from God. Now, to many here, if you just give me a moment's time, how many people in here, uh, most all of you, has dreamed dreams? Many of you here hasn't dreamed any dreams, because there's people that doesn't dream dreams. And we're taught that dreaming is subconscious. Is that right? You see how simple it is, and you'll see what God does. Now, God does deal in dreams, doesn't he? He said in the last days that old people would dream dreams. Well, he dealt with King Nebuchadnezzar. He dealt with many others, Joseph in the Bible, with dreams and so forth. And a dream is not too accurate unless there be an interpreter of the dream. And so then, sometimes it's God speaking. But that's in the subconscious. Now, if you notice, the subconscious is where you live. That's where you yourself live. That's the reason people, it's hard for them to have faith. 
Up here first, they say, yes, I got faith. But down in here, something says, but it's not for you. It's like a ship going across the sea. The man up here in the, in the deck, you look at him and say, he's running the ship. No, he isn't running the ship. The man down in the bowels of the ship is running the ship. The engineer. Now, what if he'd ring a sign down to him and say, uh, so many knots forward, and the man down there would ring and go backwards? What if he'd say, go to the right, and he'd turn to the left? He couldn't stir it. The man down, he, down in the inside is one that sends the ship. Well, if this fellow up here says, I believe God heals, and I believe he's the same yesterday, day, and forever, and your subconscious down there says, but it's not for you. And you see, now if you get that man up there, say, forward, this man down here, say, forward, you'll go forward. If you can get God to say, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, this first conscious said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, and the subconscious said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, you're going forward. But when God says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, and the subconscious said, or this conscience says, I believe it's so, and the subconscious said, are you quite sure? Then <laughs> you're not going anywhere. You're just running around in circles. See? You've got to get both all working together, here, here, and there, all in harmony. And you can move forward. There's nothing can stand in your way then. You're moving forward. Now, in this subconscious, when this outer conscience becomes inactive, this conscience becomes active to a dreamer. Now, let's give just a little illustration. Here's the first conscience. Here's the normal man, his subconscious. When this one is active, inactive at nighttime, when he's asleep, then this one's active. Many of you people have dreamed dreams years ago. You still remember, don't you? Well, there was some part of you somewhere, because after you're awake, you remember what you dreamed of. Is that right? And sometime when you're dreaming, you dream of things that you did when you was in this conscience. Is that right? But now the man that doesn't dream a dream, his subconscious is way back. Even an anesthetic wouldn't throw him back to it. He sleeps real sound. Now a dreamer doesn't sleep sound. He's not altogether asleep. Now, but a seer, a prophet, now I'll admit there's gift of prophecy that goes in a church, but that's not a prophet. A prophet's born. Now, he must be from childhood up and every word right. Now, the seer, his subconscious is not back to the wall, neither is it here, it's right here. They're both right together. He doesn't go to sleep, he just breaks from one to another. It's just like a dream, yet you're conscious, you're standing here, yet it's just like he was dreaming something, and yet you're conscious enough that you can talk about it, and you know your voice is coming back in the building, yet you're somewhere else, maybe 30, 40 years back or forward or whatever it would be. Try that once and you wouldn't write me any letters and ask me why I get so weak and have to be packed from the platform. It's something that you, it's a dual condition. It's the other dimension. It's not perhaps the fourth or fifth dimension if you want to speak of it scientifically. It's out where God lives. Many times people who does that are considered neurotic. Did you ever think of the great poet that gave America some of his best folk songs, Stephen Foster? I stood by the place in the desk he wrote, Old Kentucky Home. The man would go under inspiration. He'd write those songs. When he would come out, he'd be lost. He wouldn't know what to do. He'd drink. He finally called a servant, took a razor, and committed suicide. 
Brother Moore and I stood by the grave of this famous William Capper. Capper, uh, Capper, what? Capper. He wrote this famous song, Brother, would you ever know it? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, sinners plunge. Remember that? And when the man come out from under inspiration to write that song, he tried to find a river to commit suicide. You don't know where he's, he didn't know where he was at. Look at Jonah the prophet. After receiving inspiration to keep him alive in the whale's belly and preach with such inspiration to a city size of St. Louis that didn't know right from left hand, where he repented and then went and after the Spirit left him, he sat under a little gourd tree and prayed God let him die. Look at Elijah the prophet after calling fire down out of the heaven, calling rain out of the heaven the same day the Spirit left him and run in the wilderness for forty years and was lost and had pulled back in a cave and God found him back in a cave. So if you see those things, you won't wonder why a little weakness strikes the person. It's something that's hard. Now the Holy Spirit is here. He just now comes, or at least to the anointed. You might not believe that, but if I'm telling the truth, God will testify the truth. Someday at the judgment, you'll see that I have told the truth. The Lord bless you now and gets up. Is this the test? How do you do, lady? Now, this lady here, as far as I know the lady, I have never seen her. Have, are we strangers? We are perfect strangers. I do not know you, never seen you, know nothing of you. We're just, you just come up here, that's all. But God knows you, doesn't he? You're conscious that something's going on. It's the, of the Holy Spirit. Kind of, I want to ask you, you stranger, we've never met in our lives. A kind of a feeling of awe, oh, like you were, there was something else besides a human being standing here. Isn't that right, lady? See, because as soon as I catch her conscience, her spirit, I realize that she's come for something. She's a believer, this woman is. Before I say one word, she's just a woman standing there with looking just a, a woman's all I know, but she is a Christian. Uh, you, that's true. There's no hiding that. Now. If I was anything that I could do to help her, I'd do it. She's perhaps standing here sick. She may be in a need of something, wanting to come ask me to pray for her. I do not know. He does. But God can reveal it to me, and it would be just the same as he revealed it to his son, the Lord Jesus, when he stood talking to the woman at the well. It could be the same thing. But now, talking to her, may he reveal to me what or something for you, or we would reveal anything that would be secret to me that you know of, would you accept then him? You would. Of course, he is your Savior. You are a Christian. Because you wonder how I feel that? Just as soon as that anointing come down on you, I, I felt a real welcome feeling. I know it was a, that you're a Christian. And I tell you, it's, it's around you. You're having nervous spells, getting nervous. You're extremely nervous, aren't you? And then another thing, you're bothered with a, a bowel condition, a kind of a, a constipation-like and bowel. That's because of nervousness. And you're uh, are are hungering and thirsting. You're you're wanting a, a, a spiritual lift in your life to bring you up. To, and by, you're a minister yourself. You're a woman preacher. 
and you're from a city like Marion in Indiana. Marion City is something on that or Indiana. That's it. Isn't that right? Yes. God bless you. Come here. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless our sister and may she go and be healed as I ask in Jesus Christ's name. Grant us, Lord. Amen. Now, sister, just a word to you. I, I believe if you were the minister or something like that, or I wanted to see what he would say more. Um, I tell you what your trouble mainly is just this time of life is causing you to be this way. Everything is seemingly to be wrong, but you're going to be all right just a little longer. It's a shadow you're going through. You know what I, I mean. And you're going through that. You'll come out and be all right. So don't worry. You go on your road happy, rejoicing, and as you go home, just praise God and thank Him. Watch how everything opens up. You'll be all right. God bless you. Praise the Lord. All right, you're... Oh, oh, I... What was that? What? 60. All right, who's got L70 then? Prayer card L70. Would you raise up your hand? L70. All right. Prayer card L70. Or S70, I meant to say. Excuse me. S70. Who has S? Prayer card S70. If the person will raise their hand for next for prayer. Here comes the lady now. Be reverent just for a few moments, if you please. All right. While they're bringing her up, who has S-75? S-75. All right. Who has uh, S-85? We just scatter along, get them everywhere. S-85. Is it in the building? 85? All right. Who has S-100? 100. Would you raise your hand? S-100? All right. Now, let's bring the lady while they're coming. How do you do, lady? Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Son of God? you believe me to be his servant? Uh, of course, we're strangers to one another. I, I don't know you, but God does know you, doesn't he? Well, and do you believe that he will uh, grant to you the, the yes. blessings that you're yes. asking for? Do you believe it? And now, if God will reveal by his supernatural power to me what your trouble is, will you accept Jesus as your healer? You are suffering with something wrong in your limb. It's a varicose vein. Isn't that right? And another thing, you have a husband, and that husband is suffering with arthritis. Isn't that right? You go lay your hands on him as I lay on you, and in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, may you both be healed. Amen. Go on your road rejoicing and being happy. Let's say thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. You want to get over that spinal trouble sitting there, lady? You believe that God has healed you? Yes, you. Uh-huh. It just left you then. Your spinal trouble. You were praying to be healed, and God heard your prayer. So you're healed now of the spinal trouble. Would you come, lady? Suppose we're strangers to each other. No. 
prays for me for two months, and uh, I have it in alcohol. I can't use it. Oh, my. She said she pray, I prayed for her for tumor one time, and she's got it in alcohol now. Let's say praise the Lord. Praise I want you to look this way just a moment, please. You, you come tonight, then, as a believer, a real believer, and, and that's what you're desiring now is um, you can hand me your handkerchief while I'm talking to you. This goes to a mother, and that mother is in Alabama, and she has a high blood pressure, had a stroke. Now I lay it on her in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. May God bring her out of it. Be reverent. Just believe God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. God will grant his blessings unto you. All right, if you will come bring the lady. Now be reverent as you can. Have faith. You think that scientist has left you, sister? You're sitting on the end of the row. You believe that God made you well? All right, stand up and say, I accept my healing. God bless you now. You can go home and be over it. Your faith saves you. God bless you. You believe, sister, with all your heart, you believe me to be God's servant, and you're just a woman that's been called in from out there in the, in the audience. God alone knows you. I don't. God does. But you're from away from here. You come here from another city, and you have uh, you've had an accident. It's been a fall. It's caused you to have pain. It injured you, like an arthritis pain. You try to call it, but it isn't. It's from the fall. And then you got a bladder trouble. Now come here. I'm going to send you back to the leader to be well. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, bless this woman and send her home in Jesus' name, healed and well. Amen. God bless you. Go on your road now. Rejoice and be well. How do you do? Are you two coming together? Would you come near just a moment? Do you believe me to be God's servant? We are strangers to each other. We have never seen before, as I know of, we are strangers to each other. Do you believe that you're in his august presence? You're a husband and wife, and you've come from a distance. I see you've come by ship. You've come overseas of water. And you come from a land that's great high mountain, Switzerland. And you are suffering with heart trouble. And you have had a vision from the Lord, and you're a minister. And in the vision, the Lord told you in the vision to come here to see me and me to lay my hands on you and your ministry would be increased. Come forward for your blessing. Almighty God, Jehovah who made the heavens and earth and appeared in the way 
and over the seas has come these people. Let thy presence, Lord, be great upon these people, and may they receive now of thy blessing as thy humble servant lays hands in obedience to the commandments of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I send them to their homelands with the desire of their heart. Amen. You shall have what you have asked for. God bless you. All right, next. Let's call a group of them. What was that? L's? S's? Let's call from 85 to 100. S85 to 100. Take the last part there. Just line up over here on this side, if you will, and get the people just coming a little. Uh, if they will have faith, have love, have compassion, pray one for the other that the Lord Jesus may bless you and give you an exceedingly abundantly of his love and of his power is my sincere prayer. Nothing the balconies to you, my sick friends up there, have faith in God. He's here to heal you and to make every one of you well. There is nothing impossible with him, and he will bless you greatly if you'll just let him do it. You believe this with all your heart? All right. Now, his presence is sure with us, so let's be reverent. God is in his holy temple. Let the world, let the earth be silent, and let his blessings be upon you all. Be constantly in prayer, saying, God, have mercy on me, and save me from this awful onward generation that we're living in, and this terrible destruction that's soon coming. There's the coming of time soon when even there won't be even a leaf left on a tree. There won't be even a high place left in America. There won't be one building left. while it'll be swept to the ground. The time's coming when nations will be no more. The rock that was shoot out of the mountain without hands shall break all kingdoms into powder, and the winds of time shall blow them away like chaff on a summer thrashing floor. Lord Jesus, be merciful to the needy, is my prayer. Our Heavenly Father, seeing the condition in the people tonight, feeling your power as it's moving in the way of great, needy people are coming, getting saved, healed, may this great, lovely nation of ours be spared a little longer and send us that which we have longed for the old-fashioned revival again. Hear my prayer, my Father. I pray thee through Jesus, the Son of God. Amen. May his almighty blessings rest on each and every one. As you pray anywhere in the audience, just pray and believe with all your heart, and God will grant it to you. Whatever your desire is, God will grant it. I see the heads up on the people, hands up as a little lady sitting there suffering with headaches. She has them continually. You just got healed then, sister, so you can stand up now. And by the way, the lady sitting next to you, I see her in a vision. She's crippled with it's arthritis. She can't get out of bed. Raise up your heels, sister. Stand up. The arthritis is gone now. You can go home and be well. Lord Jesus, bless them, I pray. Amen.
It's your faith that does it, Christians. It isn't me. It's your faith that's pulling it. You remember the woman who touched the hem of his garment? And he turned around looked over the audience till he found her and said, Thy faith is saving. Sure, he looked over his audience, perceiving their thoughts and noise. Would you come, lady? I want to ask you a question. As a Christian believer, the very moment that I said something to that lady, a strange feeling struck you, that not Because you had arthritis, too. You were both healed at the same time. It left you. You go off the platform and I just, oh, no, it's like there's nothing wrong with you. Let's say praise the Lord. Do you believe the Lord Jesus is healed you? Come here that I might. And the Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that to leave the woman and may she be well. Amen. I go happy and rejoice in Jesus. Would you believe with all your heart? You're nervous, upset, and got a stomach trouble that bothers you. And now that's a little ulcer in your stomach. But it's gone now. You can go. You're healed. Your faith is saved. God bless you. Go in. Sister dear, do you believe me to be his servant? You do. Then you believe you're in his presence? You have things that a lady your age would have, but the main thing is the arthritis you see that's making you in that condition. But it's gone from you now. You can go off the platform. You're healed. Your faith has did it and made you well. Your trouble's in your back, isn't it? You believe that Christ heals you now? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant this, Father. Amen. Go, sister. Your faith has made you whole. How simple it is to see people healed. You believe now out there? Now be reverent, a real reverent man. Sometimes in moving, the Holy Spirit is very timid, very timid. The Bible said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Be reverent. Now faith is moving all through the building. Now, lady, would you come here just a moment? I want to talk to you just a moment. You believe me to be God's servant? You see, more you talk to people when you contact their life, more you know of them. And I if I would talk long, the first thing, you are here to see me from another country. You have come about long ways, 2,000 miles or more, and you're suffering with a tumor, and you're that lady there with her hand up. You all, yes, that's the same as in the car. You are with her. You have a, it's some kind of a trouble in your throat. It's a thyroid trouble. And that's um, the man sitting next to you. He come, you all come from Canada. And you, uh, you got uh, a gallbladder trouble. You've been operated on twice. That's your wife, Lord, that's your sister standing next to you. Put your hand over on her. 
Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, we condemn these demons that bind these people, and may they go and be healed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Every person here stand to your feet right quick. Just a minute. The Holy Spirit's moving right over the audience, right? Accept it right now. Believe me, right now. Everybody in the wheelchair, get up. Everybody blind, crippled, whatever it is, receive Jesus Christ. Lord God, grant this great power of demonstration.